0: If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined.
1: Oh, hello. Welcome to Ruined. I'm Hallie.
2: And I'm Allison. And this is a podcast just for you. Allison, how are you doing? Oh, good. Um... Oh, I told you the other day that I spilled a giant iced coffee Mm -hmm. on my light-colored rug. Yes, well, you got it. Just kind of like, it just like every time I look in my living room, I'm like, was someone murdered here? Like, it's just like so, like, I tried to clean it by myself. And it's one of those things that's proof that like, just hire someone else to do
1: it. (laughs) And I feel like we live in New York, which is like a sea of carpet uh, businesses that have been around since the 50s that are still yes. somehow open, and they know what to do. When I was moving from Astoria yes. to L.A., I was cleaning, um, Dave was helping me, and I had I found a uh, sort of a burgundy eye shadow. Remember when that was kind of popular in like 2016? 16 oh, yes. Like a burgundy eye. Ground into the carpet, and we literally oh. just walked the streets until we found a carpet place, and I said, here's situations, and he hands me a jug and says, use this, and it came up, and it was totally fine.
2: It's like the man
1: just has access to jugs. So use it to find a jug man, you know?
2: Yeah, I have a group that like cleaned my vintage Persian rug when I like moved and just like it needed a refresh and they did such a good job and it was like pretty affordable for them to come pick it up, take it off site, do the whole thing bring it back. And I'm like, okay, if you could just come spot treat this thing for me, it can't be a lot of money.
1: That's great. Also, la-di-da. Oh, my vintage Persian rug. My vintage rug. Persian actually, oh, rug. my
2: rug's out from Wayfair on discount. <laughs> my grandmother gave it to me. My other rug is absolutely a sale rug. <laughs> and, that I, and that I believe. Yeah, the one I, I ruined does cost less than what the cleaning is going to cost, I'm sure. <laughs> But you know what? We're making through. How are you? I'm I'm good. It's just getting hot as hell in, in
1: Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, I'm big, it's the end of August. So what can you do? And heat wave. You know, God God knows. Again, not talking about climate change immediately, but you know, certainly all over the world, people are dealing with horrific temperatures yes. and horrible flooding. You know, yes. so you know, it's like I want to complain,
2: but how much can I? You know, I right. We're it's like incredibly it's hot, privileged. Yeah, but like you know, Jackson, Mississippi doesn't have drinkable water for. Or to flush
1: the how, toilet, yeah. Yeah.
2: How how interesting that it's an eighty percent black community. Like, oh God, this country just really is trash. And then poor Pakistan. I mean, look, the flooding. I didn't know.
1: Apparently, they have like the second most highest number of glaciers because of the um, altitude. Like they're right on the the Himalayan mountains. Really. So all of it's melting. So all oh this ice God. there.
2: I know it's so devastating. I was so confused because, I'll be honest, like, I don't know where any countries are besides, like— I don't like, think you have to say honest. I,
1: listen, we know. You don't have to yeah. lie to
2: me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where any countries are. So, like, I was really, like, when, like, Pakistan was suffering all that flooding, and or when it started, rather, I was like— are they near any water? Like that? Like that? Gen- Perfectly reasonable like, question. To me, it's it's a landlocked place with no rivers. Even though there's no reason one for me to believe that or two not to be able to easily look it up and find out that that's not true.
1: And I think, unfortunately, we are now entering an era where, like, between like heavy rains and yes. uh, it's like. It, it, it's going to be affecting every bit. every question. So even if, even if you knew something about Pakistan, I think you're just like, oh no,
2: but we don't know enough.
1: Clearly, yes, yes,
2: yes, we don't know enough. We're never going to know enough. Everything is terrible, and uh, the real horror, besides the American healthcare system, is our complete ignoring. And denying uh, the global climate crisis that we're currently living in, not waiting to experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's unfortunately the problem.
1: I think when we were younger, we were sort of—I remember remember someone telling me, like, well, it'll be a problem for our grandchildren's grandchildren. Yeah. And for some reason, that was supposed to be, like, reassuring and not like, well, that's incredibly sad. Like, that means we have time to, like, do something. And now it's happening now. It's like— well, no, this it's is a problem what. We're right, like, well, us rather than that yes. generation. And then, but yes. it's like, well, then what are they going to be dealing with? It's going to be so much worse. They're not going to be around. Nobody's going to make it out of this. Oh, God. Well, um, but now for a, a lighter a horror. Yes. And isn't that why we watch horror to escape yes. from the horrors of reality? Escape- Escape. We are closing out our haunted house month. We hope you had fun. Um, I will apologize. I feel like every haunted house movie I picked, it turns out it's like it wasn't the house at all. It's like well, I didn't know that. I didn't, That was well, the twist, you know. It's never like the house. Even
2: the yeah, house that right.
1: wasn't house. No, you're it right. Was it, was it was the man. Brief. It was. But it, <laughs> it was the house, but then yeah, it
2: was. It was. Or like. Yeah, was it the house? I don't lack, know. lacking of. Professional engagement with your own trauma. I don't know what the fuck house right. was about, but well, like, I think you know. that's right in Vietnam. I think that makes Vietnam. Sense. Yeah, it was about Vietnam. It wasn't the house. It was Vietnam. But we are
1: doing a uh, a James Wan film, of course. If you aren't listening to the podcast, you remember uh, our yes. absolute delight at Malignant. This is a earlier James Wan picture from 2010. This is, of course, Insidious, which also yes. uh, stars Patrick Wilson, who is also in the Conjuring films. He plays. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, across from Vera Formiga, they play the, um, oh my God, it's escaping. What are their we- names? The um, the Grifters. The Grifters. Mr. and Mrs. Grifter. Let me find it real quick. <laughs> um, the Warrens, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, the so Warrens. he plays Ed Warren in the Conjuring films. Here he is simply a, a dad trying to make it through the Aww. day. And uh, James Watt's not going to make it too easy for him. It's also written by Lee Wannell, who is, you will be familiar with from the movie Saw. Um, He was, of course, one of the two gentlemen um, trapped in the room and was also, he wrote the Saw film. So this is James Wan and Lee Waddle at it again. Um, At it again. And uh, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer. Allison, what
2: are your thoughts about the Insidious trailer? The trailer has one of my, like, spookiest, I guess it's not an instrument, but it's instrument adjacent. The sound of a metronome. Ooh, okay. Speak a little more. What about that? Is there a metronome in the movie? I mean, yes, there is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I just find like the like measured like click, click, click. click. It's just like it's somehow more ominous than the ticking of a clock. Right.
1: Is it? You're waiting.
2: You're waiting. Something is going to happen, and this is the sound
1: of it creeping up on you. Maybe.
2: Yeah, and yeah, I feel like the ticking of a clock, like, I'm not necessarily waiting for it to stop mm-hmm. um, or for it to ever speed up or slow down, but on a metronome, it can and does. And oh, that's boy. the whole point of a metronome is to measure rhythm and beats to, like, go along with in music, I think. I don't know. I've never really, like, used one. Um, and, and interestingly... It's scary. And
1: I think it's used for that effect. I think it is used specifically to create the the sense of... Attention, and waiting. Um, I also wanted to add that in the film, um, Patrick Wilson is playing across from Rose Byrne, who is great, and then Barbara Hershey, who uh, has been in a million films, Hannah and Her Sister, Beaches. But I always think of her
2: as the mother from Black Swan, and she's great in that film as well. Oh, right. Yes, she is. Um,
1: And and she's...
2: Terrifying in the snippet we got in the trailer, just... She,
1: again, a mother who, who knows something that maybe she should have told her son years ago, and maybe that oh, would have boy. helped um, subvert the situation, but she didn't. Eh, oh, you gonna no. Do? Um, we also to, like to take a baseline scary. Allison, how scary do you find the concept of astral projection? Oh,
2: um... Kind of to pretty scary. Okay. I All feel right. like there was that show... Like, some limited series that was based on a book that came out on Netflix maybe, like, a year ago-ish. It was, like, definitely, like, a quote-unquote pandemic thing that, like, everybody was like, well, will will watch this and talk about it. Um, where Astral Project—I I don't want to ruin it, but I can't even think of the title of the show. It was, like, Behind Her Eyes. Okay, Oh or in her yes. eyes. Okay, no, this sounds, I did not see it, but this sounds
1: vaguely familiar. Okay, I don't want to, like, ruin it for you. <laughs> yes, behind her eyes. But there Behind is, her eyes. Well you, well, you did say there's astral projection, so. Yeah, I'm kind of ruining but it But Also, now. if anyone was going to watch that, they were going to watch it. You had your it.
2: chance. We yeah. all watched it at once, culturally, and we're talking about it, and there were a lot of, like, fun pieces being like, wow, they really took us 90% of the way there and then missed <laughs> hugely on the ending. Um, but it's involved in that.
1: Um, um, and I just want to add, uh, just so we have sort of a little bit, bit of a, def- a definition is that astral projection is the belief that, um, there is a, a, sp- a way to have your spiritual self or what is referred to as a subtle body version of yourself, um, sort of have an out of body experience and travel to different temporal or potential spiritual realms, either yes. intentionally or unintentionally. I think this is, a, it's a cross Cultures and religions kind of have this yeah. idea that you're, since we have a spirit in these religious concepts, the spirit could sort of uh, take a holiday.
2: Um, take a day off work, and uh, travel to wherever they get to travel to. Um, Yeah. I think a lot of people talk about it, like, in, like, real— Like, I know, like, I've heard, like, on podcasts, people be like, I can do it, and it's like, no, you can't. Um, Where, like, they will astral project themselves, and, like, a lot of it is usually, like, leaving your body and seeing your sleeping body, and then, like, moving through your home and out of your home. Like, that it's very, like, very much, like, the image of, like, your soul, like— Getting up and leaving the bed and like that, like a lot of people like do it in like a lucid dreaming kind of.
1: Yeah, I guess for me it's like, what's the difference between like just thinking about it hard and imagining it and experiencing
2: it? Because I I would argue whether you're seeing, I think for some people it's like whether that like what you see and experience like actually has happened versus is like a conjecture of your imagination. Right, and that
1: sounds hard to prove, especially in this movie, because where you're astral projecting is not a place where it's easy to check in on. You know, it's not going to show up on Google Maps, okay? Okay. And uh, based on what you've seen in the trailer, Allison, would you like to guess the twist in Insidious?
0: Guess the twist.
2: I mean, more than based on the trailer, I feel like what you just said about, like, the mother should have revealed something, like, much longer ago that now I'm like, oh, is there some kind of... Because, like, they say the boy is the one who's haunted, not the house. And now I'm like, is there something from Patrick Wilson's past? Maybe he was haunted as a child and passed it on to his offspring. I think this is a dead-on guess, Allison, and I'm excited
1: for you to experience it, along with our listeners. So let's get into it. It's time to ruin Insidious. So we see a little boy in what is clearly a 1970s bedroom. We know, you know, we're going to be dealing with uh, boys in, in two different time frames. So, But unfortunately, okay. this little boy who's sleeping in this very 70s-looking bedroom. He's got a lava lamp, wood paneling. Fortunately, Allison, as he sleeps, we see a old crooked woman squatting in the dark... No. staring at him, holding a candle under her chin, watching him as he sleeps. No. We then meet our protagonist, Josh Lambert, played by Patrick Wilson, who we presume, okay, that was him as a little boy. He's okay. now an adult man. In his 40s, he's married to Renee, played by Rose Byrne. Um, and they have just moved into a new house. And again, as someone who lives in a pl- place where you could never buy a home, oh, James Wad knows how to get me. I mean, like, I stunning mean, craftsman home. All months, we've had...
2: Some gorgeous homes.
1: Right. And he was like, would I deal with what's about to happen in order to live right. in this house? Well, not if I had kids, I'll tell you that much. But yeah. So they moved in uh, with their sons, Dalton and Foster, who I'm going to say are six, seven, eight, nine years old, mm-hmm. and their little baby, Callie, who's the daughter. She's the youngest. They moved to do a Wait, house. Wait, two sons? Two sons, Dalton and Foster, who are like and proper children, like elementary yes. school, and then, and a, then baby. a baby named Callie. And so they still got moving boxes everywhere. And Renee is sort of like really working to unpack everything and finds an old photo album is looking at the photos. Dalton pads down getting ready for school. And he says, you know, I don't really like my room. And Renee says, I know it's hard to get used to, but, you know, this will be our new home. And she's showing him the family photos. And he says, "Uh, I want to see some family photos of dad as a kid. And Renee says, you know, we don't really have any of them. Now that I think of it, I, we don't have any of them. Unfortunately, before she could sort of really ruminate on why that might be, Callie starts crying, and then it's off to the morning. we got to get it. the kids off to school. we got to get Callie up and fed. And Josh is also getting ready for work. Um, you know, she's calling the phone company to try to get their landline, like, switched over, you know, and ever again, it's like a, uh, a frantic, but like a really adorable domestic scene. Like everything's going to be great. We w- moved into this great yeah. new house. Nothing no. could possibly go wrong. Ever. Um, Renee goes into the living room and sees a bunch of books she had just put away all over the floor, and she says, "Don't like it's fine if you look at my books, but please put them back." And he's like, "I didn't, I didn't touch them." But again, she assumes the kids were just getting into the yeah. boxes Stuff. while we're unpacking. Um. Josh is a teacher and Renee is disappointed because Josh was supposed to either take the kids or pick them up. And he's like, I'm really sorry. I have to rush out now and then I have a PTA meeting right after school. And I was like, why would they schedule a PTA meeting at pickup time? Like, or like just like have the kids there and they can play in the gym. I don't know. Why would you do that? That's terrible timing. Yeah, that's not,
2: not good planning.
1: Renee is, uh, you know, stays at home and takes care of the kids. Um, additionally, has time to work on her songwriting. So
2: she's a songwriting writer and a pianist. And she's so a of, songwriter and a teacher. Are buying a big beautiful house? Oh, I, I mean, mean, that was my question. Don't even get me. Started. I was like, maybe in
1: my mind is like, did she write like a pink song in two thousand one? You know sure. what I mean? Like they're yeah. living off royalties. Living. Yeah, that to me makes sense because they do suit to be in Los Angeles like you know
2: somewhere in in southern California okay. so she could be like kind of like churning out you know one or two big things here and there that's what I'm going really, yeah. to I have to choose to believe that like she's gotten some big paydays and has some regular like passive income coming in cuz otherwise right how are in we LA doing I mean no matter what year in LA um, D- Dave and probably. I were Dave and I were recently talking about if um
1: if if anyway the, to date ourselves um, the Black Eyed Peas, uh, Let's Get It Started, were, was initially had a different title. I'm not even going to yes. say the title, but it's, nope. it, it's the R word, wasn't it? And in my mind, Renee is the person who was in there, like she was like working, like she was like fresh out of college. She goes, I know how to rewrite that offensive song. Yes. It'll be Let's Get It Started. And they turn it her and they said, you just got, made You're yourself ha- a million dollars. It's got to be yeah. something like that or
2: yeah, else yeah, how yeah. we do it? I believe that. it. I believe it.
1: So she hears Callie sobbing on the baby monitor and goes up to comfort her. And when she goes up to the nursery, she hears what sounds like furniture being dragged across the floor. She puts Callie down. She goes back to sleep. And then she, of course, goes and sees the door to the attic is yeah. open. No.
2: And I'm like, why don't we even have attics and basements anymore? They're Stop. just full of ghosts and demons. No more attics. No more basements. Just one large floor. <laughs> she
1: sort of pokes her head up, uh, but she doesn't see anything there. She's able to shut the door, and everything seems to be fine. Unfortunately, in order to shut off the light in the um, attic, she has to climb onto like a creaky ladder and one of the rugs breaks under her foot. So it's an overhead light. She's able to turn it off but like almost falls off the ladder. So yeah. she's like, okay, well the kids can't go up here. She shuts the yeah. attic back up that night. Josh gets home. The kids run agree to greet him and he's like, thank you so much for doing all the unpacking. Like I know this is incredibly difficult while I'm working. She's like, you know what, it's fine. But again, we have to, we should, we should figure out what we're doing with the attic light. It's not safe to be going up there. Um, upstairs, seal it up. I mean, exactly. Yeah, just like just yeah. You just come, have a welder put like a metal grate over the yes. attic door, and then you don't have to worry about it. Um, unfortunately, uh, Renee now can't find her box of sheet music, and of course she's saying, "Dalton, did you get into my sheet music?" He's like, "I'm playing with a sword and a shark. I'm not gonna touch yeah. your kids." Your are sheet like, "Oh, music. paper, great." <laughs> unfortunately, Allison, because. Um, there's so much kerfuffle and now Josh and Renee have the baby and they're unpacking and they're getting dinner together. They don't see that Dalton is creeping up the stairs and getting into the attic. He tries to use the same ladder to turn on the light. He falls and he plummets to the floor. Of course. Just as he hears a creepy groan and sort of turns around. Up downstairs they hear Dalton screaming and everybody runs upstairs to help him. He's alive and like Screaming, okay. so he's okay. okay. And she's like, "I," she's like, "I told you, like the attic is off limits. Like nobody's allowed up here. But Bolt they, it shut." <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I again, it's like I guess you just get there. It's like, oh great, I have all these other yeah. tasks. I, I put I have haunted to. attic, attic at the bottom yeah. of the list. Yeah. That's on me. Deal with attic. But you know, uh, they he seems fine, and everyone starts to like get ready for bed. Josh puts Dalton to bed, and Renee turns and finds her box of sheet music just like in, in the middle of the floor. She's like, "Oh, that's, that's strange," but okay. Um, But they duck in Dalton. He has a big bruise on his head, but seems fine otherwise. And Renee's like, I just feel like I wanted to be different in this house, but I feel like it won't be like there's still all this chaos. So apparently this kind of thing was also maybe going on at their previous house. Like there was a level of chaos. Nothing new. This is nothing new. And Renee's kind of disappointed. Oh, I guess it wasn't the house, you know. And they talk about Renee's songwriting, and she is glad that she'll have time. Like, now that both the two of the older kids are in school, and you know, you, Josh is like, You know, you should write a song about me. And she says, You're stupid. They're all about you, which I thought was nice. Aww, Unfortunately, nice. Allison, in the morning, um, Josh comes down for breakfast, and Dalton's the only one still asleep. So he runs back up to wake up his son. He cannot wake up Dalton, he is unconscious in bed, like, cannot shake him awake. So they rushed the one who had like ventured into the attic. Exactly. Okay. So they rush in the hospital. Again, maybe saying, "Oh no, he had a concussion. There's something to sure. reason." The doctor said,
2: "There is no brain damage that we've
0: detected. Technically, yes, he's in a coma. He doesn't react to stimuli. He has no sleep-wake cycle, but there's no brain trauma or infection. His scans are all normal."
1: Trying to reassure them because obviously, Joshua and I are freaking out. Yeah. The doctor says, It's just been, you know, he just got admitted, so don't worry about it. We're going to figure this out. And they look at Dalton through the glass of the hospital bed, uh, uh, hospital room. Unfortunately, Allison, we cut to three months later. Oh. And a, a Dalton is back home, and a nurse named Adele okay. is demonstrating how to insert like a, a nasogastric feeding tube. So Natalie is he home, he is still in a coma. He cannot feed himself. He is not conscious in any way. The family is devastated. He's I mean, still alive. I mean, can't think
2: of anything worse. And they have still don't know why. They have no answer. Like, yeah. Yeah. To be in a situation and not, like, to, like, have it already be very tragic and then to kind of, like, have no answers or explanations for what and why yeah. it's happening. I mean, I can't imagine. Horrific. That night, Allison, uh, Josh is,
1: you know, still at work. Renee hears static on the baby monitor. Then hears an adult man's voice whispering on the monitor saying, there's nothing you could do. No. And she holds the monitor, and she slowly walks over to the stairs, and then she lowers the monitor. Allison, she could just hear the voice in the house. And the voice says, give out to me. I want it. No. And shrieking. And Renee runs upstairs, terrified. Obviously. Of course, she gets into Callie's room. The baby's asleep. There's nobody there. I do appreciate that Callie's baby is constantly crying, which I feel like adds a level of anxiety, but that is what yes. babies are when they're that little. Like, yeah. she's constantly upset, and it's adding to this like tension of like, they're already right. so upset and upset and dealing with Dalton, and the baby's crying too. And, yeah. you know, everyone's just really upset. So that night, Renee's putting Foster to bed, and she found in his backpack he, that he won a school award. And she's like, why didn't you tell me? He just kind of shrugs. And he says, she tells him, I know it's really hard with Dalton right now. I'm I'm sure it's really stressful. But like, you know, we want to to still celebrate things. Like, I want you to tell me if you get an award. And Foster tells her, I'm scared. I'm scared of Dalton. I don't like it when he walks around at night. (gasps) But Renee, of course, is like, well, that must have been a dream because Dalton can't walk around. You know that. He's in a coma. That night, so Dalton and Foster sort of, like, their uh, bedrooms face each other, so their mm-hmm. doors are both open.
2: And that that, each of these kids has a bedroom? My God.
1: I know. Oh, and then there's, like, a separate nursery. Like, the baby doesn't even sleep in right. their room. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a four-bedroom. I know. I can't. Jesus Christ. Um, stunning. Again, <laughs> um, I'm like, maybe it's family money. I yeah. Again, I have to assume. Well, give it up for house month. Um, that night, Dalton's monitor is beeping, and Foster wakes up, and he goes on— Like, he goes to check his brother, who's still in bed, and then he shuts the door to his room. And the second he Foster shots his head, he hears the thuds of Dalton's footsteps. Dalton is getting up out of bed. In their room, Renee's telling Josh about the voice she heard on the monitor. And Josh, of course, the tradition of every uh, uh, partner in a horror movie is like, There's no way that was someone in the house. You went upstairs, there's no one there. I'm sure it was picking up like a radio frequency, which does happen in real life. And he's like, I don't think so. It sounded like someone was in the house. Unfortunately, they can't even get into it, Allison, because there's suddenly a banging on the front door. Josh leaps up to handle it. But when he goes down there, the porch light is out, and he can't see if anyone's out there. So he kind of like shines a flashlight onto the porch. And then, Allison, he opens the goddamn door.
2: No. We Why? know. This is no. 2010. We had the information, don't open the we front door. We knew not to do that. Enough movies existed that taught us not to do that. And fortunately,
1: there's no one there. He closes the front door confused. Renee hears Callie crying and goes to Callie's room, turns on the light, and there's a white-faced veiled figure standing behind Callie's crib. Renee screams and runs into the room. But of course, by the time he gets there, the figure's gone. Suddenly, the alarm system's going off. Josh runs downstairs, and the front door is just standing wide open. Josh grabs a fireplace poker, and he searches the entire house while Renee takes Foster and Kelly into Dalton's room. Just they're all together. He shuts off the alarm system. And Dalton's in bed. Dalton's in bed. Everything's fine. There's no one in the house, so Josh, you know, shuts the door. Allison, at this point, I got to ask you, what would you do?
0: What would you do?
2: I mean, we're barricading ourselves in that room. We're calling 911 Mm -hmm. and asking them to send every kind of thing. Fire truck, police, ambulance. Like, calling every person you could possibly find of any, like, authority or owns weapons or has some kind of, like, security or ability. Get everybody there. Get a protected Way out of the house and never go back. Like get 100%. out of that house and never ever ever return. It sucks. It's a beautiful house. It was probably a great deal. Maybe it's family inheritance. Like who knows how they ended up with that house? But that house is not worth it. 100. There's
1: get no out of house. at this point you've like there's you've heard a voice you've seen a figure. The door's been opened by itself. The alarms been going out. Your son's in it. There's in like weird attic coma. Shit. There's yeah. nothing else for you to know. There it, it, it no. is. It, 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 get out of there. What more could you need? Unfortunately, Allison, you listen. And also, they could sell that house in a second. In a
2: heartbeat. Go live. nothing, like, no one's been murdered there yet. So it's not like you have, like, a death to disclose. Emphasis on yet. Yet.
0: Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking.
1: So, unfortunately, Allison, you know, they don't leave immediately. So, Josh, he's, I was a teacher, he, um, he starts to stay longer to grade tests. But really, he's having, he doesn't want to go back to the house
2: he, so oh, gonna, I wonder why. So he's going to leave his wife and, and children there, including his, yeah, yeah. his disabled like, son. Yeah, sure. Just stay guys, at work, dude. You guys stay at house, and I'm going <laughs> to hang out
1: somewhere else. I'm going to stay in this building that doesn't seem to be haunted. Yeah. However, he Josh is having all of these flashbacks to his um childhood. So we see his memory of himself as a child in the 70s bedroom, and of the an old woman standing over his bed peering down at him, which we also saw in the flashback. So he's trying to avoid being there. Um, and another, a different nurse. Kelly stops by. It's obviously a little while later just to check on Dalton's progress. They've done a new round of tests. Allison, they still reveal nothing. They've got no information.
2: What tests are they even doing? Like, uh, You are asking, you even- asking the dead wrong
1: person. I yeah, don't know. True. Like
2: brain scan, blood test. I don't know, you know? I guess like it's even less like, I think I'd be less like, what is happening? I'm more like, how did this start? Yeah, that would be as apparent, right? Easily, like, like, if what happened, also, yeah. like, do I need to worry about this happening to anyone else in my family? I
1: agree. And the nurse, whose name is Kelly, says, You know, I, I know this is very distressing, but I've seen coma patients who have been in a coma a lot longer than your son who then suddenly show signs of progress. So, I, I really want to reassure you, like, this is horrible, but like, there a lot could be done, and we're going to yeah. continue to do it. So, again, this doesn't really comfort Renee who who tells Kelly like he's not really in a coma they didn't know what to call it or what to do so it's like they've kind of given up you know Aww. and she says to Kelly it's like the universe wants to see how far i can bend until i could break and Kelly tells her then the universe picked a fight with the wrong chick and it's like Thanks a lot, Kelly. But you get to fucking leave, and I live here. So yeah, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. This ain't your life, Allison. Unfortunately, Renee goes to change Jolton's bed sheets after Kelly leaves, only to find a huge, bloody handprint with like pointed, gnarly, jagged fingers on his uh, um, no, on no, the fitted no, sheet. No, not even no, the top no, sheet. No, not even no, the comforter. No, 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 no,
2: on nope. Nope. On the bed nope, sheet. No. No.
1: No. Renee calls Josh, who's still at school, in a fucking panic. And when he gets home, she's sitting on the porch and she's like, what is 10:30? Why are you staying so late every day? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I have to work, we have to pay Dalton's bills. And she's like, look. I'm scared for
2: Dalton. I'm scared of this house. There's something wrong with this place. I'm not imagining it. I can feel it. It's it's like a sickness.
0: You think our house is haunted?
2: I don't think it. I know it. And he
1: says, "Um, I don't avoid stressful situations. I deal with them in my own way. Yeah,
2: by avoiding them. What are you talking about? Yeah, by avoiding them. That's how you deal with them.
1: And she said, well, then fucking avoid this, and takes Dalton's sheet and throws it at him so he could see the the bloody handprint. That night, Josh is having dreams of himself as a child, asleep in bed and then walking down the hallway, and he he is traveling through their current house. And when he gets to Dalton's room he finds the old woman from his dreams as a child. So the old woman we keep seeing is now standing in Dalton's room. And unfortunately, it's Renee who wakes up screaming and sees a figure walking back and forth on the, oh, and that I forgot to mention this, the wraparound porch that goes outside their window in the front of the house. I know, I know. I mean. I, but believe me. Stunning. I mean, you read, you read like a, a piece of that porch with no walls or windows? Yeah. $1,200 a month. $1,000 a month. 100%. Yeah. So she calls, assuming the figure must be Josh. He's up. He's pacing around. But then we see that Josh is asleep on the couch. And when the the figure makes another pass, he's suddenly walking inside the bedroom. And he turns to her and Renee screams. And the man is sort of a long-haired sort of weirdo. He's credited as long-haired fiend, which I thought was fun. Fiend? He turns to Renee and screams. Okay, Josh... Here's Renee screaming, which then sends Callie screaming, and then like the kids are up. So
2: much screaming!
1: And of course, when he by the time he gets to the bedroom, there's no one there. And of Renee course. cries and she says, "Please believe me, I want to leave this house. We cannot spend another night here." And Josh says, "Then let's get the fuck out of here." And Allison. finally, finally, he he earns the smart spouse and a horror movie award, and they move into a smaller but very cute house. I mean, and Josh's mother, mother's Lorraine, comes to help them unpack. So Lorraine is Barbara Hershey. And again, okay. very nice. Clearly, those no things going on with her son's family. I'm going to come help yes. out. And Lorraine's going through the photos as they unpack in the new house. And she's like, wow, I'm shocked that you got Ben or got Josh to pose for a photo. And Renee's like, listen, uh, Lorraine, I know you must think I'm crazy making us move like this after we just moved in. But I, I, something was going on. And Lorraine says, you don't, you don't have to explain anything to me. You got to do what you have to do. You don't have to apologize. Like whatever, I don't care. I'm here to help you, which is like okay, thank you. You know, you're at least being supportive. Um, and Renee's like that. I really appreciate it. that. Being said, Dalton is still in a coma. They moved to a new house, and Dalton's in a coma. You know, so it's like we still are dealing with this. Yeah, Allison. Um, Renee is sort of like putting things together, like putting stuff in Foster's new room while he's at school, and she puts on music to take out as she takes out the trash. The the music has a re- record scratch and then starts playing a very famous Tiny Tim song, uh, tiptoe uh, through the tulips. Do you know that song? I don't it's think like so. tiptoe through the tulips. I don't know how <laughs> it goes other than that. But he has a very high falsetto, creepy voice. And I mean, that was pretty creepy. <laughs> thank you. Um, so it starts playing when I... when Renee turns back to the house from the curb, from the, where she's putting away the garbage. She sees a child in old-timey garb and a newsboy hat dancing no. to tiptoe no. through the tulips. And it no. needless to say she's horrified.
2: Nope. Yeah, because that's horrifying. When she runs... A little Newsies kid? Get out of here. To be fair, he's just dancing. He's not doing anything menacing. I was like, that's Yeah, kind of but fun. like a child kind of showing up in old-timey clothes. Like, even if they were like, here's money, I'd be like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> I, no, I completely
1: agree. Um, she runs back inside and the... Lucy child is running through Foster's room. She's trying to chase it. She sees a rocking horse starts to rock. She hears the child's laughter and then follows him into Dalton's room. Dalton oh seems fine. Well, he's in a coma, but other than that, it seems fine. And she could see the child's shoes poking out from under the curtain. And she pokes the curtain, and a, a pale Victorian child leaps out laughing cool. from a cabinet. Laughing? Cut to next thing you know, Josh is coming home, and Renee has brought a priest over, Father Martin.
2: Cause she's like, I saw a kid, I, he was dancing, he was laughing. I, we gotta get somebody in here, you know? Somebody else. We gotta find other resources here cause the saint cutting it. And
1: uh, uh, Father Martin was just about to leave. He's like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. Um, I, I would love to come over again. And he, he leaves and Renee tells Josh and Lorraine about seeing the child in the house. Just like, so you brought a priest in here to get rid of it? And if she did, what, what other options does this woman have? What are you talking about? Right. Who would you call? I want a priest, I want a rabbi, I want an imam, yeah. I want a uh a, priest,
2: a Wiccan priestess, I don't know what they have. I would love a representative of every possible religion and spiritual belief system. I would be
1: calling every temple, every Baha'i, I don't
2: even know, a meeting house, yeah. anyone of any religion, come over and try to help me out. Get me some psychic mediums, some, like, people who work in, Get like... Get me
1: Kesha from Conjuring Kesha on
2: Discovery Plus, okay? Yes. Get her in here. Yes. Bring in tech people, like, who explore, like, space and—I don't know. <laughs> Get one Elon of everyone. Musk in here. No, not here. Get, Get Elon in. Musk in here, all 75 of his kids.
1: <laughs> one of those kids has got to be psychic and yes. project. So, okay, so another thing I noticed is that, like, from these movies, and I think Paranormal Activity, you know, guys, all of them, ghosts really want to ruin your marriage, they want to haunt your house,
2: but they no. really want to ruin your marriage as, like, it, a, a A1AB, you know? Yeah, it does seem like they're always, like, priority one, haunting with the hopes of breaking up a couple. Like Exactly. They're showing up and they're doing haunty shit, but, like, that's just to get a man and a woman pushed to the edge yeah. of their marriage.
1: So, of course, Josh is like, you're being crazy, blah, blah, blah. But Lorraine says, I what what Renee's experiencing is real. I feel it in the house too. I actually had it the night before you guys moved into the new house because uh, I went into Dalton's room and there was a, something in there and it was this long, tall creature with the pointy hands. She doesn't even know about the bloody handprint on the sheet, but she saw this creature in the Ooh. house. Pointy hands. And Lorraine tells them, in the dream, I asked the creature, who are you? And it said, I am a visitor. And in the dream, Lorraine asks... The creature what do you want and the creature tells her dalton oh i mean just said as Lorraine is telling them this she looks up and the creature from her dream who is this very bright black it's, it's like oh, a yes. famous jump scare like a famous black and red face is crouched directly behind josh and sort of peers around his head at lorraine who of course screams and leaps out of her chair it's no. not there or at least neither josh or Renee can see it you know of course, they then hear Dalton's room getting fucking torn apart. They run to the door, it's locked. Luckily they're able to break it in, and it's just completely ransacked. Dalton is on the floor, his hospital bed has been overturned. Like Oh my god. It's That's horrifying. Heavy. Yeah, your poor your child who's in a coma has been thrown to the floor by an entity. Luckily, hmm. Lorraine tells them, I know someone who could help. Lorraine, you should have brought that up earlier. Where was this help before? Lorraine. Lorraine. So that night, two nerds named Spex and Tucker, and Spex is played by Lee Wannall. So they are two paranormal investigators. Uh, they work for a woman named Elise. So they're just sort of the investigators who are coming to do sort of like a pre interview investigation. And Elise is the medium psychic, powerful one who was then going to come in and try to help figure out what's going on. So uh, Tucker and Spex go through the house. Tucker's got his spectrometer and his like ghost camera or however, whatever you call it. And he sees two grinning women in white in the hallway, and he gasps and he drops the camera. But of course, when he looks with his dumb old human eyes, they aren't here anymore. Well, unfortunately, that's all he needs to see. He backs to the living room. He's like, We got to call Elise right now. The next day, Elise, played by Lynn Shea, arrives, and she tells Josh, Boy, you've grown since I lost, saw you. Of course, this is news to Josh, who has no memory of meeting this woman. And she says, oh, hmm. it's just I've been friends with your mother for a long time. So, I met you as a child. He's like, oh, I didn't know my mother may- knew a medium. Again, would have been okay. information that was helpful Interesting yesterday. News. Um, and Tucker and Spec sort of, like, uh, update her on what they found. They sort of bicker, like we'll go back to the previous house and Lisa's like, I don't think that uh you need to I could walk I walked in here and I could tell you what's going on like you'd have to prove to me it's haunted you know what I mean yeah. I, I can
2: feel it radiating through the house well that like gives me some confidence in her yes just because it's like, oh you should already be able to if that like if you mm-hmm. really do this, you should already sense that things are beyond yes gone awry at this point. And
1: that's why I always liked in um, The Exorcist when uh, the priest finally arrives at the end and he hears the, you know, Reagan as the demon scream yeah. his name and Father Karras is like, oh, so I'll update you. And he's like, no, no, you don't have to tell me anything. Um, I'm here. I, that demon screamed my name. I, I, we can I just get started. I see what's going on.
2: Like, we'll just kind of get going. Yeah. We don't need kind of a catch-up session. Yeah, I'm not, not going
1: to be like, oh, what's really going on? I, I know what's it. going on. yeah. yeah. So Elise, the way she works is she walks through the house and describes what she sees, and then Specs, uh sort of follows her and draws it all down. So she goes into Dalton's room, talking to him, reassuring him, like, we're going to help you. She hears a creaking and looks up, horrified, and then describes what she sees. Unfortunately, when we see Specs drawing, uh, she sees the red-faced demon creature crouched on the corner of the ceiling over Dalton's bed. And we hear Elise, (sighs) he has
2: hooves for feet.
1: Of course, they throw on all the lights. There's nothing there. But again, Elise is like, I don't know if you're ready to hear this, but I have some not great news about what's going on in the house. Yes. Um, She says, it's not a coma. It's also not the house that's haunted. It is your son. And to their credit, Renee and Josh are like, what does that mean? Like, what are we talking about? You know? He's haunted? And so uh, Elise says, have you heard of astral projection? Projection? I call them travelers. Oh. And Josh in that moment like, uh-oh. Like he has like a moment of recognition. And Elise tells us some people have the ability to spiritually leave their bodies and travel. Dalton has been doing it in his sleep probably since he was a baby. But because he doesn't know it, he just assumed these are dreams. I see. Allison, unfortunately... Right. This is, yeah. Yeah. How would you know? People think of it as dream, like try and do it through dreaming or something. Unfortunately, Allison, Dalton has traveled too far and has become lost. Roday says, well, lost where? Elise says, unfortunately, it's a place I call the further. Well, you might say, what's the further, Allison? Unfortunately, the further is a world beyond our own, filled with the tortured souls of the dead, a place not meant for the living, and Dalton's there. So the problem is that, like, Dalton's spirit has gotten trapped right there. So that sucks. But that even worse, all of the entities who live there are now aware that Dalton's body is empty. So they could, they're trying to possess his body and get into
2: it, which is why this demon was attracted to it. However, so, But the, the demon still, like, appears to some people. Well, I think the people who could see them are
1: people who are sort of tapped into what's going on. That other realm. Okay. Yeah. So, so, okay, so those are the humans. They are. They want to possess his body and be alive again. There are other creatures, including the demon, with more insidious plans. Um, and, unfortunately, uh, she holds up Speck's uh, drawing of the red-faced creature. It wants to be let inside Dalton's body to cause pain to others. And oh, the longer that, guy. that Dalton's astral body is away from his physical form, the weaker the link is. So it'll be harder to retrieve him. So Renee again asked the question, well, then
2: what the hell do we do? Right. What are the options?
1: Ellie says, I have an idea, but it's a little unorthodox. You'll have to trust oh, me completely.
2: It's unorthodox for this scenario. Like, as if there's some step-by-step process of like, oh, normally when a child gets, right. uh, you know, trapped in the astral plane and demons continue to try and re-inhabit his body to wreak havoc on our world, usually... You call this number and this guy comes and it's up. But, like, oh, you wanna do something different. Right. Okay. It's like, this is an insane situation
1: to be in. So, um, Josh stands up. It's like, no, this is not real. This is not fair. You came in here, like, and Renee's like, please listen to her. We have to try it. She's like, I moved houses for you, Renee, but this is dangerous and exploitative. And you, to Elise, he says, you come into a house with a sick child and you take advantage of vulnerable people. And Elise says, okay, great. Well, good luck then. And she packs up her bag and leaves with Spec and, and Tucker. And it's like, all right, you call me when you want to talk to me. Uh, Renee is devastated and like furious, obviously, at Josh. And that night, Josh is sitting with Dalton and talking to him and says like, you didn't go anywhere, right? You're just right here. I know that. And he starts crying and... He said, show me you could hear me. And a drawing, Allison, falls from Dalton's corkboard. Unfortunately, Allison, for the first time, Josh looks at the drawings his son was doing before he went into the coma. There is a drawing of the red-faced demon. Oh, no. There is a red door in, like, a dark void. Dalton has written in his little boy handwriting, last night I watched myself sleep and then I flew away. He was astral projecting and writing down what he saw from there. So then Renee comes in and Josh is like, "Okay, we have to do. Let's call Elise. We got to do whatever she wants to do. Like if that's if even he was writing down the same things we're talking about, then how I can't ignore it. You know this is real, right? So that night Elise comes over. Specs and Tucker sets up like cameras and equipment. And um, she sort of puts on like a gas mask with a tube that connects to Spec's like headphones. And she's gonna go into the astral plane and it's just gonna like whisper what's going on. And then um, Specs will like repeat it aloud and write it down. I don't know why they have to do it this way, but Allison, that's what they're
2: doing. I mean, whatever. Anything that anybody suggests at this point, I'd be like, sure, let's try it. Yeah. They also have cameras there. So, Mm -hmm. like, it just, you know,
1: those huge flash bulb cameras to try to, if anything occurs in the room, they'll be able to take a photo. Yes. So Elise goes into the further, and she's able to make contact with Dalton, and he tells her, I'm afraid he's going to hurt me, the man with fire on his face. So Dalton is afraid of the red-faced red demon. Faced. Yeah, I think we're all afraid of the red-faced demon. Unfortunately, Dalton tells Elise, there's no way out. They've heard you. And Speck starts writing very fast, and the lights are like flashing and flashing, and and Specs is writing, help, over and over and over again. And then Specs mm-hmm. writes, you filthy whore. I know you, you fucking bitch. I will kill you in here. Essentially writing what the demon is saying to Elise. Yes. And then Elise starts see- goes into a seizure, starts screaming inside her mask, falls to the ground, and collapses. So when they, when they all turn to Elise, Dalton uh-huh. is now standing next to the table. He puts his hand on the table, and then everything flies across the room. Like, people are launched out of their chairs and thrown against the wall. Oh, my God. What are the rules? He flips the table, and then the long-haired fiend from the porch and the two women in white who are in the hallway enter the room. They're now visible to everyone. Like, everyone's screaming. The long-haired fiend, like, grabs Renee. Elise grabs Dalton and screams, Leave his body! Leave this vessel! And Dalton collapses to the floor. Afterwards, Aww. they're looking at the video, and Tucker shows Spec. There's, like, a split second when Dalton is standing, and we see the, red, the red-faced demon is standing behind him, sort of puppeting him, like, holding him up. Not no. a great
2: sign. No, that's kind of
1: everything the red-faced guy wants. Lorraine finally comes over. She wasn't here for this. And then she and Elise talk to Josh. And they're like, Lorraine's like, oh, this is embarrassing. But the reason I know Elise is because I called her years ago when you were a child, Josh. And it turns out that you also used to astrally project as a child. And uh, you would tell us stories of an old woman that terrified you. And I dismissed it until I saw a photo of you. And in the photo, we see the old woman with the veil in the photo. And then we see photo after photo, no. which is also why there were no photos of Josh as a child. Wherever he goes, the woman is getting closer and closer until she can almost oh touch him. God. So that's when she calls Elise. Elise is able to uh, essentially break this connection. This woman, uh, he stopped her from astral projecting, right? Stops him okay. from astral projecting, gets him back in his body so this old woman can't get in his body. And then Elise suppresses Josh's memory and his ability to astral project so it doesn't happen again and advises Lorraine to hide the photos. But now Elise tells him Josh has to remember because he has to go to the further and rescue Dalton Allison. Oh, my God. Who will survive?
0: Who will survive?
2: Everyone is still in play, yes? Everyone's still in play, yes. We got to lose somebody. Great. Though I guess we don't have to, but... I feel like we are. And, you know, these kinds of movies, I think, especially with kids, like. Yeah, it's like, I think that, like, Dalton and the other kid, like, Dalton will come back. Yeah. Um, But I think it's possible that um, Elise, you know, because she's already kind of going back and forth and -hmm. having a tough time. I think maybe she dies, but that everyone, and possibly also Josh's mom, Renee? Lorraine. Lorraine. These names are all very similar, but they're not, but they are. Renee and Lorraine are pretty similar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think it's, she could be uh, a casualty here, but I think that everybody else is going to survive, and it's more just like mm-hmm. getting out of this situation and, like, trying to find normalcy.
1: Exactly. And I think a lot of these movies, uh, especially this era, were about, like, the power of love and family and, and, and uh, being yes. brave. And so I, I think you're, you're right to assume it's not going to be a, a full bloodbath. Yes. By the
0: end. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Shits Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. For over 130 years.
1: So Elise sits Josh down. They also sit in the living room and tells him, don't draw attention to yourself, which I'm like, how would he, like, like, what does he do at the Macarena? Like, what do you how how would he do that? You know what I mean? Like, just screaming. Yeah. Says, if they see you in there, they will then come for your physical body. So, like, if they sense that you're human, they will, there'd be a bum rush on your body. So try Mm -hmm. to keep a low profile. And Allison, she starts a metronome. And she sort of tells him this sort of like, uh, sort of hypnotizing him into the, it's like, the universe
2: is deathless, is deathless because having no finite self, it stays infinite.
1: So lulling him in there, and he wakes up frustrated, and he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Allison, he turns, and he sees himself sitting in the chair. So he is now in the further. He is now in... Where the. He's just, he's in their current house. So okay. hes he is now still, he sees himself sitting in the chair. He realizes that he is, his spiritual body is now loosed from his physical body. And what he's going to have to do is uh, he's going to have to go into the further to look for Dalton and Elise can speak to him. So we sort of, he hears her voice sort of this echoing realm and it, which all looks exactly the same as our world, but it's mm-hmm. sort of like this dark, foggy, gray, green, like cast to it. Mm -hmm. And he was able to find a lantern, and he goes into sort of the, the like, gray-blue abyss. And he sees Dalton, but Dalton keeps, uh, like, darting away from him. He then sees his own childhood self, who points to a version of Renee and Josh's previous house. So I think he has to go back to the previous house because that's where Dalton got stuck. You know what I mean? Like, so he has to go back to the one they just moved from. And he's calling for Dalton, again, not trying to be too loud, but calling for him— only to be startled by, like, a bride walking by in a veil. And so, like, oh. all of a sudden, he's seeing all these ghosts, right? He gets to the house, and he's, he's calling, and he's trying to, like, see where it is, and he hears sobbing. And he says to the sob- the figure sobbing, I'm looking for my son, Dalton. It's like, they're ghosts, man. Like, don't tell. Oh, sure, he's right here. Like, don't talk yeah. to any of them. What? Right? Yeah, engage as little as possible. He then sees a, in the living room of their old house, he sees a, a family, they're from the 1950s, they have a teen daughter, that, one of the women in white, they're sitting on the sofa, and then we see the other teen daughter, also in white, show up and blow them away with a shotgun. So I guess what to oh. think that happened in the, in the old house, and I'm like, did they have guns in the further? Like, do you, do you have the ghost of a yeah, gun? Yeah, I guess.
2: That's, yeah. How would you have a weapon? What do you get to bring with you? Are there items there? Needless would to you say,
1: a, yeah. terrifying. So Josh freaks out at the sound, and he runs all the way up to the attic. And in the attic, he finds the red door, which Dalton had drawn in one of his drawings. So at least he's like, okay, I think I'm, I'm headed in the right direction. Yeah. Unfortunately he gets attacked by the long haired fiend. And in the back in the real world, Elise and Lorraine and Renee see Josh like sort of seizing in his body as his astral body is being attacked. Okay. And Elise is like, You're stronger than them, you are the one alive, you're connected to the living world. And then he just fucking punches the long haired fiend and he flies across the room.
2: Yes. Amazing. Luckily, he gets... Get that fiend out of here. Get
1: that fiend out of here. Out of here. And he opens the red door, and he walks down a candlelit hallway, and he sees items he recognizes from some of Dalton's drawing. Like, there was, like, a like a horse, a black horse he had drawn. He sees a black horse Ugh. sculpture. And it's very, like, carnival. It's very, like, like Family I Opera. I like it. It's very c- creepy. And he calls for Dalton, and finally, Allison, Dalton calls back. And Josh runs to him, only find Dalton is chained around the ankle to the floor. And just then they hear that tiptoe through the tulips. And and again, I don't... that kid? And he turns and sees the red-faced demon is sharpening his metal claws in a horrifying marionette-filled green room Uh, overlooking Dalton's um, prison cell, basically.
2: Ugh.
1: And Josh tries to get the chain off and Delton says, Daddy's looking. And they turn and the red-faced demon is just staring at them. And suddenly he's on them. So he's physically yep. fighting Josh. And the demon up close is a little more cirque de soleil that I would have preferred. Cause then it's like, well, it's not really scary. You're kind of like more of like a crazed clown, sort of. And I wrote down raised he, clown he's living theatrically in demon life like he's uh, doing like a lot of Living I mean? theatrically it's, a normal life yes he's he's, <laughs> he's going big with it you know in real Not life, yet a Tony category in real life the actual the entire house starts shaking like the everyone's freaking out Spex and Tucker are freaking out fortunately Allison Josh is able to get the chain off of Dalton scoops him up and oh, runs right. back into the void and Lorraine says wait wait Josh up. just wake him up and Renee's like Elise tells him... We cannot wake him up. He has to make it all the way back on his own, or else he'll just be trapped away from his body like Dalton yeah. was. Oh no. Allison, in in the real world, light bulbs start going out. The house is shaking. Elise is calling out to Josh, saying like, "Come here." She has Renee call to Josh, like, "Follow the sound of her voice." And Dalton could hear them, like, "I think it's mommy." Unfortunately, yeah. they're running in like a dark, featureless void, and they are trying. What? Yeah. They're trying to. They're trying to attract all the ghosts. So they've made enough sound and motion. All yeah, the ghosts yeah. we've seen all so far fucking swarming them and chasing them hey. um finally they uh and in the so like the the connection to the real world is starting to like really break down so like specs in the kitchen and the kitchen drawer opens and a human hand grabs him the lights are going on and off so it's like the the, the veil between the realms is being is thin right now before yes. they can reconnect and so Elise is like go check on Dalton. And Renee hears that familiar voice on the baby monitor. And Lee says, this is just happening because they're crossing back over into the world. Once they're here, this, will, this won't this will be happening anymore. Okay. Unfortunately, in that time, like, the bride ghost of the veil just shows up. Like, all of the ghosts start swarming the house yeah. in real life. Everybody,
2: all, everybody's favorite players are all...
1: They're all, yeah, all, showing up. all, all the ones you know, The no gang's all here. <laughs> In the further version, Josh and Dalton have made it back to the new house, right? Unfortunately, they're still stuck in the further version of it. And before they could sort of get back into their respective bodies, the demon, the red-faced demon has arrived and grabs Dalton and starts dragging him down the hall, recapturing him.
2: No, Dalton. And
1: Allison, if that wasn't bad enough, Josh turns around to see that he has been found by the old woman from his childhood. She finally has found him. She's back. And he screams, get away! all while Renee is calling to them, please come back to us, please. And he screams at the old woman, leave me alone. And then the woman sort of retreats into the darkness. And to Renee's joy, Josh gasps awake in the real world. Just at the same moment, Dalton wakes up from his demon coma and Lorraine scoops him up and runs to the living room. They are both back. Everything worked out, Allison. Unfortunately, there are nearly seven minutes left in this movie, so you know, know. it's not going to be great. Too many. And so Specs and Tucker are packing up, like, oh, my God, we have to write a book about this. And it's like, oh, my God, Tucker. Yeah, you get t- on that, guys. Tucker's like, oh, my God, my photos are going to be, like, the star. And Specs like, well, I have all the audio. So, really, it's going to be, I'm going to be the star. Oh, God. And Lorraine and, and Renee, they get built, built the spaghetti because he's super hungry because he hasn't eaten actual food. Yeah. And Elise and Josh are in the living room as Elise packs up her stuff. And Josh is like, you showed me a whole new world, you know. I, I, I didn't know. But she says, you actually have been there before. You knew about this. And he hands Elise back the photos of him as a child, and he tells her, like, guess I don't need these anymore. But when Elise reaches for the photos, her face falls, and she looks at Josh, and he's like, what's the problem? And she says, oh, nothing. But then— Okay, no, right. But when Elise turns to her bag, she picks up a— they got got a Polaroid—a Polaroid camera and takes a photo of Josh without him being prepared, and he screams. He's like, why would you do that? Why? Allison, Josh starts strangling Elise, screaming.
2: And I'm like, can they not hear in the kitchen? I don't know. Right. We've been able to hear sounds all throughout all of these houses all the time. But, like, now a woman is getting strangled to death and everybody's like, anyway, like, what are you guys going to do tomorrow? And they're not being quiet about it. Allison, Josh crushes
1: Elise's windpipe, killing her. Aye. Finally, Renee hears something and goes to the living room to find Elise dead and Josh gone. And she picks up Elisa's camera and gasps when she sees the photo. It's not Josh, but it is the old woman in the veil. And behind her, she hears Josh's voice say, I'm right here, Renee. And when she turns around Allison, she gasps the further. (gasps) That's it? That's it. What did she see? I think she saw... The woman in the veil? I guess the woman in the veil. I don't know. That's a good question.
2: Because
1: then it's like, would it just be his body... Right cuz it the seemed woman. like that's what
2: Dalton's deal was is like Elise sees
1: get- at least saw him as himself
2: and right. it's just cuz she's so attuned to it that she was able to be like wait one gosh darn minute when she looked at him do you think she saw like the lady in the veil like behind him and then the photo showed just the lady in the veil I think uh, Elise
1: saw the lady in the photo that's why she took yes. the photo to see if to prove what she was right, whether she was right or not wow
2: Hmm. So not a happy ending. No.
1: Um, but what are some um, fatal mistakes you think people may have made in the film, Allison?
0: Fatal mistakes.
2: It feels like there was a lot of information being withheld. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the, that is the that's the issue. That is the that's issue That's the fatal hand. mistake. I mean, so often, but I feel especially here for his, like, his mother to be like, oh, I I kind of had a thought about this in the last ha- in the last house. Like, lady, we're two houses in. Like, we also, need like,
1: information to know to know that. Okay, this happened with your son when he was a child, but then he had children. Wouldn't you then be like, oh shit, if it happened to him, maybe it yes. happened to his kids. Maybe I should talk right. to him about that.
2: Right, right, and see, like, is he aware of it? What does he think of it? Does like, has he ever processed it? Like, especially when your buddy is this lady that does this stuff.
1: Yeah. Again, like, just call her. You know what I mean? Like, call Elise. I mean, also when Dalton fell into a coma, call Elise. Like, just talk to Elise every week. You know what I mean? Like, don't wait until they move, and also your your grandchild's in a coma to bring this to her.
2: Yeah. It just feels like everything was like, oh. And it's like, oh, if you had brought that up sooner, maybe we could have done more before things got so bad.
1: Uh, you know, and and look, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but if you know in a powerful medium or psychic who has driven a elderly woman's spirit away from your astral projecting child, yeah, keep that woman on speed dial. Keep her yeah. like as
2: she's your pinned eye message. You know what I mean? Like you're, yes. she's someone that you want to keep in your life. Anytime something's a little fishy. Give Elisa t- a call or a text. I feel like she's a call lady. She's not like texting,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah, she's a landline. You know, maybe she got into email. You know, I I could send her a card. It would get there faster yeah. than um you know what she, what Lorraine chose to do, right? Which is just wait around. Um and then finally, what where would you place Insidious on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale.
2: This feels like a seven. Oh wow. Okay, that's a that's high. Yeah, it's just like the trailer is really scary, and so and like it feels like (laughs) kind of like the general tone. Like I mean, like a kid in a coma—that's really fucked up. Like and really scary. And like even though like it is dealing in something we know is not real, which Mm. is kind of like a realm beyond ours, full of demons and (laughs) ghosts. I feel like the way that they're doing it feels a little bit closer to reality than what, like, some other versions of stories like this might look like. Like, like calling in experts, like, people are kind of going back and forth between. Like, that feels—like, people kind of, like, do this stuff without these results because that place doesn't exist, but, like, people do stuff like this. Like, people do yeah. try and astrally project. People do try and speak to, like, what's happening on another plane. So I feel like that's, you know— it, it ties it a little bit more to reality. Um, yeah. And uh, also a scary ending. I'm gonna give it a three. Cause I, I oh, wow. feel like
1: the red faced demon is scary until the end when you sort of see his little house, you're like, oh, you have a lot of puppets. Like
2: which is <laughs> unnerving,
1: but it's not scary. You're just like, where did you get them? How do you pay them? for them? Is there a store full of
2: marionettes in <laughs> the
1: further? Um but I will say like the moment where you see his face behind Josh's face, like Lorraine sees the demon, is terrifying. Yeah. Other than that, I I enjoyed this, but I did not find it scary. I um, I knew nothing bad was going to happen to those kids, and yeah. I I'm do like the that ending. I like a perfect. down ending for a movie where you think it's going to all work out. I I really enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, but just actually being scared not my not for me, but you know, it's still something to enjoy. Even if you are, you know, this isn't the spookiest movie that uh, James Wan has ever done. Certainly, yeah. Um, but yeah. Wow.
2: Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed that. We haven't that far apart in a minute. I
1: was just thinking, is that their biggest gap? I guess we should, um, if you you know offhand, listener, please let us know.
2: If anybody's tracking the spooky scale, which I imagine you must have a giant home for the large uh, mix between an abacus and the Grand Central train time sign, Mm -hmm. that's what I imagine the spooky scale is. Like, it's kind of a mix of those two. So if anybody's charting, this does feel like the biggest gap we've had, at least in a long time, if not ever, so... Um, um, well, guys, thank you so much. Yes, um, this was this was one that we had been meeting to do. I thought we had done this, but we had done "Sinister" and "Insidious." And "Sinister" are the way that Renee and Lorraine are the same name. "Insidious" yes. and "Sinister" to me are the same words. So and I think same that's title.
1: intentional. I think
2: it was named so that it would con- one would conjure the other.
1: Yeah. Speaking of conjuring. conjure.
2: So. I mean, well, we're really coming full circle on this one, <laughs> uh, Patrick Wilson at all. And he's and, great. Uh, I love him in all these movies. Yeah, he's. I feel like he's found a good niche in like this kind of like horror. He because he is the um, the
1: male version of a Katie Holmes of a Rebecca yes. Hall. Like yes. he has a kind worried of like
2: face, a dad face, very worried. Know? Good at being kind of like stricken by things. Innocent in some sense. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, um, well, on that note. Well, that that concludes haunted house month. And we hope you enjoyed
2: it. And yeah. obviously, we'll yeah.
1: do more haunted house movies, of yes, course. Yes, there's
2: an, a, a never-ending well of haunted house films. But uh, these are the, this is this has been a very fun four. I'm glad we did these.
1: Um, and then also, um, feel free to send us movie suggestions because we definitely should do another haunted house month where the house is actually haunted. I feel like then.
2: Yeah. I, do, I feel like yeah. doing that one is fun. Yeah. And uh, I guess the only thing left to do is ask you to, please, keep it keep, keep it spooky. Spooky. Keep it spooky, please. Keep it spooky, if you would.
1: Do us a favor and keep it spooky. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, recorded and edited by Kat Iosa.